0: Thank you, Justin and Kristen. Isn't it great to own our own coffee shop as a church? You know, I was in there this week, and I was able to have a couple meetings, and uh, uh, it always surprises me, especially people that show up to look at the retail building and we're trying to get a tenant, and I encourage you to keep praying for that. We want the right business in there. Um, But I love telling the story because they show up and they, they just need a building. And, they're you know, they're looking for a building. And, and I said, let me tell you the backstory, You know, it's more than just a building. Do you see that church down there? And they look around and sometimes they have to look through the window and they say, yeah. I said, that church owns this building in the Axiom Coffee. And they go, really? Then I say, and I'm the pastor of the church. I love saying that part. And I'm the pastor of the church. And they go, oh, I'm a believer too, you know. And it's fun how I, the ones that are just immersed in God, I mean, they love God, that they, you know, all of a sudden they say, man, I'm going to be in agreement with you on this. And so we have some that are looking forward to just seeing if God would put them in the right place in, in that building. So I want you to continue to pray uh, about that. But I was thinking to just, uh, would you start out with me this morning and just pray for Axiom Coffee? We have a wonderful opportunity to go to Honduras, but about... 75% of our baristas are going to Honduras, and uh, so we're going to, um, uh, Heath is going to have to chop his legs and work about 15 hours a day, that's good, that's good for him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for allowing us to be in our community and to minister in a way that God is uh, just just fun, and Father, we know that God, that you put us here, and, and Father, for such, just such a time as this. And we pray for every person that comes into Axiom Coffee, that Father, that their life would be changed, maybe just in a small way, and they'd want to come back and back and back. Father, that as our baristas minister to them, that Father, that they would be God a light in a dark world. Father, that's what we ask in our name, in Your name, God, with us in our name as Your children, identity. God, we speak this. Amen. Amen. Now. Uh, Again, I want to encourage you to support Axiom Coffee. Well, Pastor, I don't really like coffee. Do you like water? Just showing up, and when you're on the premises, you just say, God, bless this coffee shop. And, and today, I'm going to give you a deal that if you're a member, no, I'm going to even make it even, you don't even have to be a member of the church. You can be an attendee, and we're going to give you free water if you go to Axiom Coffee, okay? Free water. And you can tell your friends that you're, you're part of this church. You get free. Now, what we're doing is asking you to pay for coffee. Why? So we can turn on the lights and we can pay the employees and stuff like that, that you're a ministry. Also, the thing that we do give our members, if you need to rent the back room, we give it to you free. It's called the executive suites and you can go in there and we've had uh, wedding vow renewal, baby dedicated, not baby dedication, but baby showers, uh, all kinds of things. We're going to have a wedding there in October. Christy and Justin are going to get married. Justin, by faith, right? You're going to get All right, all right. But anyway, God is doing some great things. You know, I, I, I heard this uh, story about an a elderly man that was retired, and he was out in his backyard, uh, and he heard some... Noise in the neighbor's yard just across the fence, and he kind of thought he heard some crying, and he kind of went and kind of you know how you do kind of step up on the fence and you look over, and sure enough, it was the neighbor's son, Billy, and Billy was just covering up a hole that he had dug and 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 Mr Green looked over and said, Billy, he says, Why are you crying? He says, Well, Mr. Green, my goldfish died.' Mr. Green says, well, Billy, that's a pretty big hole. He says, Mr. Green, it's because my goldfish is in your cat. <laughs> How many knows that when somebody else has a problem, you can be, you know, sorrowful, but when you're included in that problem, it's a whole other story. This morning, I want to take... a. You know, this whole year I've been talking on the blessing of God in our life, that we're blessed as a people and children of God in order to be a blessing. You know, sometimes we forget that we're blessed to be a blessing and we just stop with, we're blessed. And and when we look for an opportunity to bless other people, and and they don't have to be followers of Christ to bless them. We look for ways to bless people because God has blessed us. That That even includes forgiving one another, because we've been forgiven. If you're Pentecostal, you can say amen to that. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about words, and it's important for, for us to understand the power of words. Gwen spoke on two weeks on the starting point or the starting button, and, and that is the words that come out of our mouth. You know, we went through the series in the promised land and how God brought his children into a land flowing with milk and honey. You think, what's milk and honey? Just say to yourself, it was a good place. It was a promise that he'd given them. But the main thing through that we talked about always came back to the first. Before they even took possession of the land, Joshua 1 verse 8, God tells Joshua, you know, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. Why? Because be strong and courageous. Do not let the word of God depart from your mouth. Now, why why is he saying that? Because when they get into the middle of the battles, if if you're not careful, you'll start speaking the problem. You'll start praying the problem. You start lining yourself up with something that God didn't say. Pastor, how do you know I I do that? Because I do that. If I'm not careful and watch what comes out of my mouth, you know, I've said it before and it's not original, but if God inhabits the praises of his people, who inhabits our whining, complaining, negative talk? And if that's the enemy, we don't want to be a part. We do not want to line ourselves up with the enemy coming into our life. Now, today I want to talk about talk. Let me say it again. Today I want to talk about talk. The title of my message is The Talk, Talk, Talk. We all talk. As I've said for years and uh I even made a banner that used to hang over here and uh, we painted and we put it somewhere and I couldn't find it the other day or it'd be hanging again. But words change your thinking. If you haven't come to this point yet, uh, just just for a few minutes that we're going to be here, allow yourself to think of something new for a change, okay? Because words come into our mind and change our thinking. When our thinking changes, it changes our what? It changes our emotions, then our choices, and then our habits, our character, and our destiny. A lot of people will get to the place where they can see where they are right now and they go, I don't like it. But they don't know how to change their destiny. This morning, again, I want to wade into this and as believers, not just end up with, uh, read the Bible, okay? Because we know that. There's some passages that are important for you to understand and to be able to build your faith off of. If you have a camera, you can take pictures. Let me tell you, I apologize by telling you right now instead of earlier, but on the back, this communion table to my right, your left, is some notebooks. They're really cheap little back-to-school notebooks that I bought, and there's several of them. There's some pins back there. When you come in, take one. Uh, How much? Free. That's right, free. At the church, you get a lot of free stuff. You get free coffee, free parking, free bathroom. You get free everything. But people always say, the church just wants your money. Well, last time I went to Texas Stadium, Jerry Jones got a lot of my money. But words change your thinking and put a lot of domino effect into play. So if words change your thinking, we've heard it before, but the battlefield is in your mind. Now, if if you know anything about history, usually, not always, but usually the biggest army wins. Not always. I mean, sometimes a well-trained army, you know, and some of the, you know, 300 against the, all that, all that. I get that. But usually the larger, the more that you have on the battlefield, the better. That's why it's important for us to realize that the battlefield of the mind, we have to have things up there. A lot of things, the power of God lies within His Word. The Holy Spirit resides in us, which gives us power. But here's what a friend told me years ago, and I, 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 I wow, is until the Word of God gets in you, you won't even be able to get a word from God. And the reason is because you won't recognize His voice. You'll write it off to something, you know, maybe, you know, uh, I don't know why I thought that, you know, maybe I did this, maybe I, whatever. But once the Word of God is in, in your life, and it's active, and it, it, you'll begin to allow the Holy Spirit to bring that back to your mind, and it's important to be equipped before you go into battle instead of just reacting when a battle comes. A leader can see ahead of time and, and begin to be prepared before the battle. You could say a loser gets to the battle and reacts to what's happening. They're They're not prepared. The Bible says it this way. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as he, a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, that is so uh, important for us to know. And a lot of people say, yeah, yeah, I've read that verse. But through life, if we're not careful, we'll go through the path of least resistance, which will always gravitate to going, that's not really true for me. But what is inside will come out. Let me, let me give you this. In choosing life and death over your life, which if you know it or not, you have, again, a, a, a influence of the people that are around you in your family. I don't care if you're the youngest one in your family or the oldest one or the, the father, which, you know, in, in what we believe is the head of the family and, and the spiritual head of the family that sets the, the pace of the family. It can be a single mother. It, you know, just what i'm saying is it is important for you to realize what every position every position in the family has an influence on the other members so choose life in proverbs 18 21 i want to give you two different versions one is the uh, king james and then the other one is the message and sometimes you, you remember it out of the King James if you're a little bit older like I am and you can remember it this way. But then when it's out of the message, sometimes tweaking it out of another translation, you go, huh. Listen to it this way. The King James Version says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Okay, now listen to it out of the message. I'll back up a verse in verse 20. Words satisfy the mind as much as fruit does the stomach. Good talk is as gratifying as a good harvest. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Words change your thinking. Pop, 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 pop Changes your destiny. If you choose... Life, again, the people around you are experiencing that life too. That's why there's some people, maybe that we don't want to admit it, and we sure won't want to admit it if they're sitting beside us, but if they don't speak life over a situation, it's kind of like, uh, it's just irritating sometimes. Watch because our culture is that way. And you can be a godly person and be in an environment that just speaks that. And you can do that too. And you go, what am I doing? I don't need to be like that. And again, when you're not like that, even though we are in the world, as a believer, we're not of this world. Therefore, you do not have to act like everybody around you just to get acceptance into that environment. Amen, Pastor John. Amen. So how do you do that? You know, some people will criticize a believer by saying, "You're just trying to be, you know, an imitator, or you're just trying to be a, 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 a you know, a little God." And you go, "Well, sure, I am. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I'm a, as a Christian, a little Christ-like. I'm a disciple. I'm a disciplined follower of Jesus." And in Ephesians chapter five, verse one, it actually says, "Be an imitator of God." Listen to this therefore become imitators of God. Then the amplified kind of dis- defines that copy him and follow his example as well. Beloved children imitated their father, how to imitate their father. That's what we're doing. Have you ever noticed, you know, for, uh, the difference between counterfeit and the real thing? And, and I, I love watches and it's just something I like and, in what, what, what I found out is the imitators, the fakes, the imposters of watches can almost make the outside of the watch look almost exactly like the real thing. And of course, they're, you know, maybe a tenth of the price. But here's the difference. The difference is what lies on the inside of the watch that makes it the real thing. Come on now. And what's on the inside cannot be duplicated by an imposter or a fake. Or you know what they would do? It would be the real thing. They would just be building it somewhere else. And they would charge the amount that is being charged by the real thing. But see, the imposter thinks, I'll just kind of make this look like the real thing and a lot of people won't know. See, God is talking about not being a counterfeit, but being as He is, our Father, is the real thing. You can't counterfeit what is on the inside of the believer. Can you tell me what, who lies on the inside of you? It's about like our Sunday school class. Nobody wants to read. One Here's what I'll tell you. Who lies on the inside of you is the Holy Spirit. Paul says to the early church, if you would just realize that the power that lies in you is the power that raised Christ from the dead. Some of us are unaware that the real thing is God who lives on the inside of us. Now listen to James chapter 3. And again, James being the brother of Jesus and he he kind of just, you know, he's only got five chapters so he kind of just shoots straight. I mean, it's like boom. Here he is in verse 3. 2 of chapter 3 for we all stumble and sin in many ways if anyone does not stumble in what he says what in what he says but listen what he goes on what he says never saying the wrong thing he is a perfect man Fully developed in character without serious flaws, able to bridle the whole body and reign into the entire nature, taming his human faults and weaknesses. Now, I'm all in favor of exercising and, you know, health-wise and doing that to be a better person, you know, to feel better, healthy. I'm all for that. I'm all for... Saving your money and building a savings account so that you're you know, able to weather the storms and all that to make you, again, maybe a better person. You feel better because you can handle the situation. You can be a giver. But what James is saying is the perfect man is the person that can watch what he says. That is so... Uh, that seems so easy, isn't it? It seems like, man, it's harder to not eat a, a bowl of... Well, let's be honest. Cookies and cream in the middle of the night than it is to watch what I say. It's harder uh, not to buy the spontaneous thing at the cash register. (laughs) It's hard than it is to watch what we say. But what he's saying in James, he says, watch what is coming out of your mouth. This morning, because money's no object for our church, I have some sermon illustrations that I'm going to use. I would like, um, I see Luke's in here, not in the children's church. Luke, come up here. And he's come up here and Mark. (laughs) These are my boys. Okay. The first thing that I want you to, why why don't you come down here? Down here. Not up here, down there. No. (laughs) Okay, just stand there and look pretty for a minute. The, the, the first that I want you to understand is there's a lot of talk that goes on in our lives. And, and you know that. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody can give you the problem, point the problem, but a lot of people don't know the solution. What I want to bring to your attention is the different kinds of talks. And that's all I'm going to do. You'll, you'll agree with me because you know that these are. But just to make them again known makes them obvious so that we can all be in agreement. We're going to build on this for weeks to come. The the first is self talk, and and I'm going to point to myself. The fourth talk is John Miller up here, or you put in your name. And, and a lot of times in our lives, there's a core lie that comes upon us that is uh, that we're not enough. If you've ever gone through uh, uh, spiritual deliverance or maybe counselor or something, they'll bring you to a place where you'll you'll come to the realization that there's something in your past or something if if you're dealing with this and it'll be I, I I'm just not enough that's a core lie but the talk is self-talk in a negative way now one time i, I heard an illustration on this and it, it i I this is a mental kind of John Miller inside joke cuz I I laugh at every time I think about this cuz this this little illustration it's a man that is out in the middle of nowhere and he has a flat tire and he he's notorious for self-talk negative self-talk and so what he does is instead of what we're trying to do is rely on the word of God for our lives he relies on past experiences in his life and so he begins to bring back and recall things that he thinks is going to happen have you ever done that that you think you're going to experience before they ha- They haven't even happened yet. But because of something in your past, that self talk comes. So he breaks down in the middle of nowhere. He's out in the country, and he, he looks, and he doesn't have a car jack to jack up his car to put his spare tire on. So he's so frustrated. He looks around. It's in the middle of the night. And he, he sees one little light on a farmhouse over in the distance. So he, he's, he starts walking towards a farmhouse. And as he gets closer, he starts thinking, you know, that farmer that lives in that farmhouse probably gets a burly to do his work. And he gets a little closer and he's thinking, you know, he's probably going to be mad when I knock on that door. He gets a little closer, and he thinks, he's going to be so disappointed. He's going to yell at me at the top of his lungs. And by the time he knocks on the door and the farmer comes to the door, he says, I don't want your jack even if you had to give it to me. Turns around walks off. If we're not careful, a lot of times self-talk will allow us, I mean, really give us an opportunity to forfeit the game before it even starts. We'll just give up. Well, I'm not even going to, no, I'm not, they don't want whatever that self-talk is. All through scripture, I could I could spend hours in showing you and preaching sermons on it. Let me give you a few. How about Abraham and Sarah? When they're going to Egypt, and what happens? Abraham begins to talk to himself and thinking that if the Pharaoh, the king, finds out that uh, she's my wife, he's going to kill me and take her. So he lies and says, She's my sister. That's cell talk, negative cell talk. Uh, how about David encouraging himself in the Lord? If you're not familiar with this story, his men that have come to him, he didn't ask them to come. All these men that had all these problems and all these, they're being chased as outlaws, they come to David and they get to a place because they're disappointed and they try to kill David. But he in positive talk, God talk, the word. He encourages himself in the Lord. That self-talk. How about the man at the pool of Bethesda? This is the one I love. He has been talking to himself and giving him an excuse why, even though it was just a myth, that when the waters were troubled by an angel, they thought first one into the pool would get healed. When Jesus shows up, he asks the man at the pool, Bethesda, do you want to get healed? If you don't know the answer, the answer should have been, yes, I want to get healed. But if you read the story, he begins to, he self talked himself out of it. 30 years I've been here. No, I don't have any man to help me down in the pool. Nobody's going to help me. Dude, quit talking that. Talk to yourself. Self talk. I'm using John Miller as the example today. I hope you're hearing this. Let me give you one more. How about the woman with the issue of blood? We talked about this today in in Ronnie's class. Uh, I, I was amazed that here she is and she is, you know, ceremonially unclean because the issue of the blood that was flowing in her life. But what happened? She says, she thinks to herself, in other words, she's talking to herself, if I can just, Touched the hem of his garment. That's self-talk. Now, you might be here this morning, and so far you go. You know that that's not. You can't talk her out of it this morning. She was healed. Okay. Now, why I brought these gentlemen down front. the The second kind of talk is probably if you can predict. We'll go by age so that we'll uh, not. Is the devil talk? Luke? <laughs> no, you don't have to put it on. <laughs> I'm not going to get you in confession that, yeah. A few weeks ago, I preached a message on, called The Undevourable. Do you remember that passage that I read? And it says uh, the enemy, the, the uh, devil, goes around seeking whom he may devour. If he's seeking whom he may devour, then the Bible is making it very clear that there's some people that he can't devour. But through this mask and this just this illustration of the devil talk, the enemy talk, Satan's talk, Lucy Furs talk, you know, all that, Elzebab, whatever you want to call him, he's our enemy. He begins to speak the thing that's most, uh, uh, he's famous for is FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. He continues to come into our life and begin to speak that over our life. It starts in the Garden of Eden with Eve. Do you remember? He just comes in and puts a little doubt in her life. Did God really, really say that? Come on now. Did he really say that? Go back to Joshua chapter 1. They're about ready to be given the promised land. And what does God say? Be strong and courageous and do not fear because this kind of talk is going to come into their life just like dad's. Uh, life a generation earlier when he looked at it as a grasshopper we can't do that we can't do that that's self talk but the enemy is going to bring that about and remind him of his past and God's telling Joshua in the new generation that's not you be strong and courageous do not let the word of God depart from your pie hole okay okay That's the devil talk. Now, the next one, which I'll use as Heath, no, nothing uh, used as a uh, yeah, is is people talk, and this is the old man mask. And I chose an old man's mask because this is people talk into my life, and in as a young man, there's always some. Older person that's saying, you're not it. I was so blessed to have godly parents that when I came home, they said, oh, yes, you are. Not as a prideful thing, but to speak into my life as a identity into my life. The, 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 the people talk are the people that, that are in the Bible like Jezebel. Do you remember? Elijah has just called down fire from heaven. False prophets have been killed. The whole nation is now rallying to God because God is being able to use Elijah. He runs, some people think, 26 miles ahead of the king's chariot to get to the palace for this woman named Jezebel to go, you killed my prophets? I'm going to kill you. And he goes to running. He gets to a little tree, lays down on it, says, God, I want to die. People talk. People talk, this is who you are. They try to take uh, you out of realization of who you are, your identity. I will kill you, Jezebel said. How about David? He's just a little boy and he's delivering supplies to the battlefield. And and he sees Goliath and he's yelling up and and David gets empowered. He says, man, what is happening here? And his oldest brother, Elib, people talk. Says, I know who you are, you little, you know, twerp, you know how older brothers talk. I know why you're here. But see, he does not allow that. Yeah, none of these brothers. I don't need help with my message. <laughs> Mark says, Give me that microphone. No. <laughs> How about just a few, who knows, hours later, minutes later, he's standing in front of Goliath, and Goliath is trying to change his identity. You little boy coming with sticks at me. I'm going to kill you. Again, people talk, people talk. What does David do? In both situations, he tells his brother, come on, isn't there a cause? There's a big Goliath out there yelling at your identity is as a child of God. Then he faces Goliath, and Goliath is saying, I'm going to kill you. And David says, oh, brother, I'm coming to kill you. Again, that people talk, trying to talk into your life. How about the Hebrew teenagers? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They go to a king that has the power to throw him in a fiery furnace if they do not bow down and worship his idol And they say, we're not going to do that. And even because our God is able to deliver us. But here's the, but even if he now chooses not to deliver us, we're not going to serve you, King. We're not going to bow down. There's something that's going off on the inside of them when people talk come against their identity because the power of God is in them. You've got so many examples of people talking, you know, people talk in your life. Which if you're not careful, each one of these talks will affect the way that you talk. And maybe it's already affected the way you talk. Okay, the the last one is, is something that I thought hard about. I need a little grace on this one. Because it's circumstantial talk. The circumstances in life that come against us that not always are people. Sometimes, easy guys, easy. easy, All right, circumstances that come against us that we go, you know, what are we going to do? And the only thing that I could think of is everybody has a lot of times an escape goat that they blame. I mean, there's still people that are blaming uh President Obama, so, or President but so, because, right here. <laughs> <laughs> Circumstances line up, and, and a lot of times, the, the reason why I use a Donald Trump mask for those people that will listen to this on iTunes later and go, what are they laughing at? A a Donald Trump mask is a lot of people will say, we went through all these circumstances because of a president. Or we're going through all these circumstances because of now's president. Can I tell you as a believer, God's still on the throne. I could preach that, we're going to stay on the topic. So I want you to realize that through circumstances that come into our life, Jesus talks about this. Now, let me give you one example in the Old Testament is Elisha's servant. He comes out of the cabin one day and he looks and this enemy army is encamped around them and he begins to get scared because of what he sees. Did you hear me? What he sees is bigger than who he is. And it's real. It's an enemy army. They're coming to get him and Elisha because of the power that's working in their lives. Who they are, the enemy didn't want them to live. It's it's another story, another sermon. But I want you to understand the problem, circumstances. But in the circumstance, Elisha comes out and sees the army. He's not moved. What's the difference between him and the servant? If you know the story... Elisha prays, God, open up my servant's eyes so that he can see that greater is with us than is with the enemy. His eyes are opened and he sees the army of God standing behind the enemy army. The story is that the enemy army comes swaggering in and God strikes them blind and Elisha says, you're in the wrong place. Let me lead you to captivity. And so he just leads them right into the the uh, Israelite headquarters or stronghold that keeps this army. Now, now watch this. When circumstances come against us, they're always bigger than who, a lot of times in, in who who the world's reality is bigger than they are. When you're looking at... Even the disciples, and again, I stress disciples because they're learning how to be Christ followers. In the story of feeding the 5,000, the disciples say, we cannot feed 5,000 men plus women and children. The circumstances are too great. You realize that Jesus says, what do you have? And out of what they had, he was able to use to feed and to conquer the negative circumstances. I'm preaching a lot better than you're responding. I'm telling you that. Jesus says that we can speak to the mountain, be removed and to cast into the sea. A circumstantial problem that comes into our life. He spoke to a fig tree and it withered. He's speaking to things that aren't alive, in other words, circumstances that have come in their life. The disciples in the boat, we talked about last week in our class again, the disciples are sleeping. Do you not? Aren't you concerned, Jesus, that you're asleep up there on a cushion? That we're going to die? The circumstances seem to dictate negative talk. And what did Jesus say? Don't you have a faith? Quit speaking that out of your mouth. if you ever heard a person maybe you've seen it on a movie or or you've heard about it yourself but if anybody ever is a person of anger or or they they react to circumstances they cry they you know it's a negative reaction a, a counselor usually will say this come on use your words use your words communicate through your words don't punch the you know the person don't punch the wall don't don't cry don't Use your words. Use your. There is power in our words. Today, I'm teaching royalty, you, how to walk and act like who God has created you to be. Thank you, gentlemen. You can sit down. Let's give them a hand. Put my mask. You can't keep this. All right. Now, when it comes to our salvation, that all the people here the people that are meeting at churches all around the world, all of us have in common this, that we are saved if we have made Jesus our Savior and Lord of our life. I want to remind you of something. In Romans chapter 10, part of the Romans road of evangelism and salvation, look, look at Romans 10:5. I'm going to read it out of the New King James Version and it goes like this. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. Now now it comes to the New Testament of what Jesus did for us in grace in verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend to heaven That is to bring Christ down from above or who will descend into the abyss that is to bring Christ up from the dead. In other words, don't don't say it's impossible. Where is God? But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which is we preach. This is the part that if if somebody has led you to the Lord using, you know, the Bible, this this is one verse that they probably did. They used. And in verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus said again, everybody with me? That if you confess with your mouth. Okay, just remember that. That if you confess with your mouth. Now I'm going to continue. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now now I'm going to go back to that in a second. But an inheritance, when do you get an inheritance? When somebody dies, when somebody that loves you usually dies. Can I remind you that Jesus died and even rose from the dead as the chief executor of his desires, his will for our lives? see a lot of people are thinking you know to live an abundant life to the full to the overflow you know pastor i'm just waiting for my ship to come in my question did you send a ship out (laughs) and the reason why it's just people how do how do i do that here it goes believe in your heart and confess with your mouth john chapter 15 verse 7 i'm Just machine gunning your scriptures. Boom, 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 as Gwen did last week. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Do you understand that if you're broke, busted, and disgusted all the time, that's not a real powerful testimony. In your life. Now, I'm not saying that you, if you're that way, that you're not a child of God, but you shouldn't stay that way. Come on. Quit talking that defeatism in your mouth that's coming out, influencing people. Another passage is in Mark chapter 7, verse 7, that says, ask and seek and knock. It's the persistence. It's the consistency of saying, hey, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Is there any crazy dads in here? that <laughs> I got you a stone. He goes on to say, if they ask for a fish, you go, <laughs> here's a snake. Come on. But it goes on to say this, if you then, though you are evil, know how to do good and give gifts to your children, how much more, emphasis on much more, will your Father in heaven give you good gifts to those who ask Him? Now, let me, let me wrap this up. Because we're going to take the Lord's Supper and the communion. And that's our covenant as believers. But can I remind you that a lot of times we think, let me give you an example. Uh, Dogs like bones. Do you know the truth is, what I found out is dogs love steak. They just settle for the bones. I don't want to belabor this illustration too much, but this week I was able to eat a steak and it wasn't right. And the restaurant was so nice. They said, yeah, we're seeing you're tough and cutting it. We're going to cook you another stick. And I said, okay. (laughs) So they said, would you like to, do you have a dog? Would you like to take that home? And I said, well, I'm sure that they would love it. I said, but I want you to be assured that I'm not going to eat that one at home. And just, I got Tuesday. They said, no, no, take it home. We're going to throw it away. Do you know that I took that home to my two dogs and they did not refuse that steak? Didn't refuse it. Matter of fact, they appropriated it. Gone. I wanted it. If they knew English, I would have told them, Enjoy! Our belief system that all of us have is what God says should be based on the Word of God, not on your experiences of your life, but on the Word of God. Out of our belief system, we make choices. And out of those choices, we have experiences that will confirm our belief system. Now here's what the deal is. When you have an experience, you go back and put your belief system on the Word of God. You do not allow your experiences to say, "Uh uh-oh, God's word wasn't true this time. Here's one of the most shocking things that really woke me up and it happened about the year 2020 and I read this. I don't know if we have this quote. If we do, take a picture of it or I'll put it next week. If we are not aware of our belief system, listen, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you'll call it fate. So what I'm saying is you're going through life being influenced and you don't even realize that you're basing your belief system on things that are not the word of God. The environment around you is telling you what truth is and you're going, yep, yep, yep. Now, now watch this. They've done a study and I think it was Harvard that did a study and I don't got a lot of time so just stick with me. Harvard did this study where they go to these shopping malls and all these people walking around, they'll, they'll have somebody, stick with me on this illustration, they'll have somebody with a cup of coffee, okay? 50% of the test was hot coffee and the other 50% are, was cold coffee. Okay, cold coffee. Everybody with me so far? Hot, cold. They would go up to people and they would bring out their cell phone and go, hey, would you mind holding my coffee for a minute? Then they'd bring it back. The ones that... Some of them would reach their coffee, and it would be hot coffee. Some of them would be cold coffee. Then about 20 minutes later, they would find these people with a clipboard. Somebody with a clipboard would come up to them and say, I'll give you $20 if you'll do this little deal. What do I got to do for $20? It's amazing what people do for $20. Bucks, you know what I mean? They say, all you got to do is read this little, it's about a minute story, and answer these three questions, $20. Bucks. They go, okay. When they're reading the story about a certain character in the story, one of the questions is this. Does this character come off warm and friendly or cold and hard? The ones that held the hot coffee, 80% of them said hot coffee. The character was warm and friendly. But the ones that held the cold coffee, 80% of them said the character was cold and Not friendly. It's called priming. Why do you think that every time that we go to have time, this is the friendliest church on the planet? And everybody goes, we're the friendliest church on the planet. (laughs) Smile. I don't even know why I'm smiling. I don't even know why Lisa said smile, but I'm smiling. It's all part of the environment that we try to create a growing, loving relationship with God and our neighbor. Every time you come into the church part of priming the environment that around us isn't always the environment that's in this church it's not based on the word of God but in a way listen to me in a way it is trying to manipulate you into speaking fear uncertainty and doubt out of your mouth you never know don't do that the more you think of yourself as worthless or stupid or ugly the more condition yourself is that you'll interpret life that way. Realize that bad habits can cut you down just as easily as good habits can build you up. Don't settle for bones. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about faith. Do you, do you remember the, about the second, second verse? It says, It is impossible to please God without, without begging. Please. No. David says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or see begging for bread. As you became saved, as you became a believer, as you became a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, you were saved after the confession. Do you hear me? You confessed before the manifestation showed up of salvation in your life. Believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. It's so important that you realize what's coming out of your mouth. Don't allow the environment around you to dictate the fear, uncertainty, and doubt. The people talk. You just aren't what Self-talk. You don't have enough. The enemies, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And what was the other one? The uh, circumstantial. We don't have enough. We're not enough. We can't do that. We just don't. This morning, if you are here, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. If you've got one of these, would you you just prepare yourself to take these? And if if you don't, I I didn't have one because I came in a different door. But if you need one, just raise your hand and they'll, they'll pass them out. See, what we're going to do is we're going to take this. And each time that we take this, we remind ourselves of the covenant that God has given us. God chose to give this to us. Um, Hebrews chapter 4 says that the people that did not enter into His promise, the promised land, it's because they didn't mix the promises with faith. But today is a new dawn. It's a new day for us and a new beginning, right? And some of us will say, Pastor, I don't know where I'm going. I've never been that way. God says, good news. You just follow me. So this morning as we take this, we're reminded of the goodness of our Father. So listen, spiritually speaking, I speak to your spirit today. You're everything that God has created you to be. Let me tell you this. He is not disappointed in you. You're right on schedule. I think we can do this without music. Even though we're Pentecostal, we can take the Lord's supper without. As you know, but I'm going to tell you that the wafer represents the body of Christ. The night before Jesus was betrayed, Corinthians chapter 11 says, I believe it's verse 23, the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples, and he said, This is is my body which I give to you. Again, the Passover was a sign of the covenant that they had protection all the way back in Egypt. And now he is applying that not as a lamb in the lamb's blood, but would be his blood in his body. So this morning, as a believer, a follower of Christ, what we're doing is everything that we talked about we're putting it into practice by saying, God, I can do this. I know that all that talk does not build my beliefs, I build it on your words. Let's take this together. Again, God chose you before you chose him to be a part of his family. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we are his masterpiece predestined, one translation, before the foundations of the earth to do the good works that he has planned for us. He also said through his word that rarely will a man die for a good man. But understand that Jesus died for us while we were sinners. In other words, we were actually His enemy. That's how much He loved us. Let's take the cup together. Thank you. Jesus, for dying on the cross for us. That our sins could be forgiven. Father, that we could spend eternity with you. And that eternity begins the day that we make that choice. And Father, we do believe in our heart that God raised you from the dead and therefore we confess out of our mouth that we're saved. Father help us today as we process this this week. The father that we allow your word to be in our life as a priority because God we know that when your word is in us it's easier not to allow negative things to come out of our mouth. It is better for us, God, just to say nothing than it is to get in agreement with the self-talk that's negative or people talk or circumstances that are negative. But God, that we listen to your voice, your Holy Spirit living and residing in us. God, we thank you so much. In your wonderful name we pray, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Thank you so much for coming to the chapel today. As as you go, process the words that you heard. You're overcomers in Jesus' name. Amen. Go get them.